If you have your Bibles and you would like to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. And I'd like to teach a Bible study tonight. We're in our summer breakthrough series. This is number 10. And I would like to teach a Bible study using 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. And I would like to ask a question, and maybe you can think about it as I get started. The title of this Bible study is, What Are You Worth? What are you worth? And that's a good question uh, in today's day and age. Once upon a time, there was a very rich businessman, a billionaire who was near death. He worked hard all his life, and he didn't want to leave all of his money down here. So he converted some of it into gold bars. And gold's heavy. And he stuck those gold bars in a suitcase. And then he went to the Lord and said, Lord... Could I be given special permission? I know you're not supposed to take anything with you when you die. I know the Bible, but God, this is a special permission. Can I take one suitcase? That's it. To heaven with me, full of this gold that I worked so hard for. So God gave him permission, right? So he put the gold bars in the suitcase, put it near his hospital bed, and then a few days later, the businessman died. Then he gets up to heaven, right? And he's got a suitcase with him. No one else does. And Peter stops him at the gate and says, what are you doing with that suitcase? The man said, you don't understand. I got permission from God. So St. Peter checks his ledger, right? And he's like, huh, you sure do have permission to take a suitcase into heaven. But you can't just bring it in. I need to see what's inside it. So the man said, okay. So St. Peter opened the suitcase to inspect these worldly items that the businessman found too precious to leave behind. As the lid sprang back to reveal the bright shining gold, St. Peter exclaimed, you brought pavement to heaven? You see, when you get to heaven, the Bible said the streets they're made out of gold that's so purified that it's like clear glass. What people worship down here, we walk on up there. What are you worth? In the New York Times, it described the tragedy just two months after the vessel, which is a honeycomb-like spiral of staircases in Hudson Yards, Reopened with a design that was changed uh, with, with design changes meant to lower the risk of suicides. 
A 14-year-old boy died by suicide there on Thursday afternoon, the police said. The death, which was the fourth suicide at the tourist attraction in a year and a half, angered community members who have repeatedly called on developers to build higher barriers on the walkways and raised questions about the effectiveness of the structure's suicide prevention methods. Now, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Now they're designing buildings in New York. Before they build a building, they have to try to prevent people from jumping off the building and committing suicide. And they said there have been four in this like suicide-proof type of building that has been made. Now, it makes the question, what would cause someone to think that they're not worth anything? Well, I want to look at three things. And looking what the Apostle Paul said, I want to look at three sections, if you please, and open up 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. The first thing I want to do is look at words. And then those words, I want to look at the second thing, worth. And the third thing I want to look at is works. So the first thing is words. Paul said, by the grace of God. You know that words are important. You know that sometimes people think that they're not anything or worth anything. Let me tell you, social media is here to stay. But let me tell you something else. We don't need to get our worth from our followers on social media. You don't need to get your worth from the gold bars that are in your bank account. You don't get to get your worth from what someone says about you, whether it's good or whether it's bad. The Bible says... That's really where we should get our worth. It says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 15, let me see the words Paul said by the grace of God. By the grace of God. Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Your stuff doesn't show your worth. And for us to see our worth, we find that the Apostle Paul, if you look at 1 Corinthians, he begins to talk about in chapter 15, the gospel of Jesus Christ. How that Jesus Christ was crucified and then raised from the dead and seen of over 500 brethren. And then he looks at himself and he said, I am the least of all the apostles. He said, because I persecuted the church. He said, I looked down on myself a little bit. There's no way that God would choose me. And then he said, but by the grace of God. You know, you might look at yourself a certain way and you might have done certain things. But I've got good news for you tonight that there's a word of God that said that you're worth something to the creator of the heaven and the earth to the creator of the heaven and the earth. And and the Bible said uh, the words are important. You know, it's interesting. There is a, he said, by the grace of God, right? The grace of God, by the grace of God. 
You know, grace and mercy are different, right? You know what mercy is? Mercy is you don't get what you deserve. (laughs) You know what grace is? You do get what you don't deserve. You know that the grace of God, we, we, uh, we're headed towards hell, lost without God. But God loved us. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those are words from God's heart to our heart. You're worth something because of God's words. There was a man named John Newton, and he wrote his own epitaph on his grave. I don't know if they'll let you do that. I guess you can, right? One guy wrote one. He said, see, I told you I was sick. But he wrote something and it said, John Newton, clerk, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Christ, Jesus Christ, preserved, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith. He had once long labored to destroy. John Newton knew about the grace of God. The word of God got into his heart. And we we sing that song. Someone said that he wrote a song called Amazing Grace. And in the American Hymnology Dictionary, they say that this Amazing Grace is a spiritual autobiography of John Newton. Now, he was a wicked individual. But if you look at the first verse, it said, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. But notice the words. As the words go in, he starts to grow. "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed." And then he keeps going. "'Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. "'Twas grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home.'" But then you see the autobiography continues, because Christians, we don't stop here. We keep going. When we've been there, up in heaven, 10,000 years, that's the future of every Christian, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. You know that words mean something? When you're a parent, the words that you put into your children mean something. The words that you put into your wife or your husband means something. Let me show you how important words are. Paul said, by the grace of God. And thank God for the grace of God. The Bible said we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. You're not just saved by faith. You're saved by the grace of God, the love of God that sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and shed his blood to pay for your sins. It's the grace of God that shows you your worth and the word of God that shows you your worth. Now, listen to what the father said to his son. The father in heaven said about his son. There's two things I want to I show you. You can use them as a pattern, right? Because a lot of other people will say things about you that aren't calling you a child of God. <laughs> 
Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17, when Jesus was being baptized and said, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son. That's my boy. That's my man. In whom I am well pleased. That's my child and I love him and he's a good boy. You know, that's, that's exactly what our children need to hear. You're a good boy. You're a good girl. And then the second one, Matthew chapter 17 and verse 5. This is on this, what's called the Mount of Transfiguration. A voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son. That's my boy. There he goes again. In whom I am well pleased. But he adds something. Hear ye him. You know, that's important because the words that we hear and the words that our parents speak you know that we have physical parents, but when you're a Christian, you get a spiritual parent. And he begins to speak the word of God into you. You'll hear things like, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made from Psalm 139. You'll hear, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You'll hear the Apostle Paul talking about the grace of God. You know how the Apostle Paul ends all his letters? The grace of God be with you. The grace of God be with you. The grace. He knew about the amazing grace of God. That's one reason I believe he wrote the book of Hebrews. Because it ends with that type of ending. And he was the one that ended his letters like that. The grace of God. What your dad says is important. I have a daughter. She was in kindergarten a few years ago. And this other little girl came up to her and said something. You're a loser. Well, what did my daughter say? We didn't have a parent-teacher conference over it, okay? That's what happens at school. I got word back that uh, my daughter looked back at the girl and said, I am not a loser. I am a winner. And then she said, and you can be a winner too. Why would she say something like that? Because her parents had spoken something different into her life. And those children that commit suicide, how can they see that they're not worth anything? They are made in God's image. They're infinitely valuable. Your worth is not based upon what the world says. It's based on the word of God. The word of God. So the word, now the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, Paul said, by the grace of God. Then he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I don't apologize for being an apostle. It's what God says that makes me what I am. You know, the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. If God opens a door, the devil can't shut it. If God shuts a door on the past, the devil can't open it. Facebook can't open it. Your friends can't open it. Your husband can't open it. Your wife can't open it. Your mom and dad can't open it. God shuts the door on your past and makes you a new creature. Old things are passed away. And he gives you a new worth. You know, in the New Testament, it talks about, um, it talks about sparrows. What are sparrows? They're these little birds. What's special about a sparrow? You know what's special about a sparrow? Nothing. <laughs> they're like, they're cut, they're small, they're like bland looking, they're kind of dull. They sing kind of sweet. But there's nothing special about a sparrow. So Jesus said, he talked about a sparrow. He said uh, in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 29, we're, talk, we're talking about worth now, worth. Because Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I have worth in Christ. 
So Jesus said, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? Just a few pennies. And it says, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But then we go to Luke chapter 12. Notice this in verses 6 and 7. So two sparrows, one farthing. Okay. Then Luke chapter 12, it says, are not five sparrows sold for two farthings? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Now, notice that. Two sparrows, one farthing. Five sparrows, two farthings. You know what Forrest Gump said? Jenny, I'm not a smart man. Now, I know that the math doesn't work there, right? It should be four sparrows for two farthings, right? But you get five. Do you know what that means? Sparrows are cheap. (laughs) They just throw an extra sparrow in. Oh, if you buy four, just throw an extra one in. They're not that valuable to the world. You know, a lot of people, they'll say you're not that valuable. You drive this kind of car. You're overweight. You're underweight. You're unattractive. Notice what Jesus said, though. Luke chapter 12, verse 7. But even the very hairs of your head, even mine, it's easier to count, right? Are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Who said that? Jesus. You know, the world might say, well, there's nothing particularly interesting about that brother or that sister. You know what? You might say that, but when God made you, he made you unique. He made you special. He made you full of gifts. He made you full of promises. He made you, you're his child. You're his greatest creation. The crowning creation of God was man on the sixth day created to come into the rest of God On the seventh day, you're special to God. And God said, you're so special, I know everything about you. Do you know how many hairs are on the head of my wife? Would you believe that I have no idea? I have no idea. I don't know. It would take all day to count that, right? I know that I clean them off the floor. I know they come out, right? Some of them detach because they're in the bathroom. They're in the shower. They're in the sink. They're on the floor. They're in the church. They're everywhere. And there's... I can tell where different sisters sit because of the different colored hairs that I sweep up all over the place. But do you know that God knows that about you? Now, I love my wife. I've been married for 20 years. I die for my wife, but I don't know how many hairs are on her head. You know that God does? Because God cares that much about the little details of your life. God thinks you're so special. That means if one falls out, there's an adjustment up in heaven. Now, if God knows all that, what else does God care about? everything. How much are you worth? You're worth the life of God's son. It wasn't an accident that Jesus came for you because you're worth it to God. So the worth, it's like this guy, he said, uh, my wife's credit card got stolen the other day. And the guy said, well, did you report it? He goes, no. He said, why not? Well, the thief spends way less than my wife. (laughs) But worth you know, a lot of people can say that you're not worth anything, but God thinks you're worth something. You know, this little kid, he was at school, 
And the kids made fun of him for being dumb. Say, Johnny, come here. Watch this. Johnny's not too smart. So they held out a nickel and a dime in front of Johnny. They said, Johnny, which one do you want? Johnny took the nickel. And he walked away. And all the kids go, ha, 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 Johnny's so stupid. So one day after Johnny took the nickel, this happened over and over through the school year. Johnny's friend Billy, he took him aside and said, Johnny, you know they're making fun of you. He said, yeah, I know. And he said, don't you know by now that a dime, even though it's smaller, is worth more than a nickel? Even though a nickel is bigger? And a smile kind of crept over Johnny's face. And he said, I know that. He said, well, why do you keep taking the nickel? He said, well, if I did that and took the dime, they'd stop doing it. And so far, I've made 20 bucks. <laughs> but the Bible said that in Mark chapter 10, what are you worth? I am worth what God said I'm worth. Mark chapter 10, notice this. Verses 13 to 16. And they brought young children to him. Young children that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. Why? Those kids aren't worth anything. There's important business to do. You know that great businessmen were waiting to talk to Jesus. In fact, you read this, the next one to come up behind those kids, you know who it was? This rich young ruler. So you can read about it. So he's waiting in the wings and all of these kids are being surrounded, uh, surrounding Jesus, and Jesus is blessing the kids. And so I wonder if that rich young ruler sent some of his men, go tell the disciples that I am here, and I can't be waiting for Jesus. I'm important. Maybe they even gave an offering. I don't know. <laughs> so they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. Your kids... Your kid's not going to win American Idol. They're ugly. They've got buck teeth, right? Get them away from the master. The master has important business. Ambassadors, heads of state. They rebuked those parents. Why? Kids aren't worth anything. Why? They can't wash the floor. They can't make any money. I'm glad that Jesus didn't have that same attitude as his disciples. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer or allow the little children to come unto me. Huh. Where does our worth come from? I'm glad that Jesus said that. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I'll give you rest. Give it. You don't have to buy it. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child. That means with the faith of a child. Childlike faith. He shall not enter therein. Now notice this. And he took them up in his arms and put his hands upon them and blessed them. What does that mean? He put his hand right on their head and pronounced a blessing all the way from heaven into their life. You know what he was giving? He was giving parenting classes to the parent that was there. He was also giving us an example of what we should do to our kids, to our wife. Have you ever blessed your children? 
Have you ever put your hand on your head and conferred a blessing? Jesus did it. Have you ever blessed your wife? I bless my wife all the time. I mean, I like put my hand on her forehead. And I pronounce a blessing on her. Why? Because I want her to know what God says she is. Because a lot of people in the world, they'll judge you based on how you look on the outside. By what type of car that you drive or don't drive. If you have cool shoes or not cool shoes. Okay? And adults do that too. Like, oh, those shoes aren't very nice. You know, or that suit is not this way. Or that tie or that watch. I don't know if you see the watch I wear. It's like completely natural. It's a hair past a freckle. I don't even have a watch. But the Bible says, though, he blessed them. Why? Their worth came from Christ. And you know that if you have words and worth, if you have good words, it'll make your worth grow up. If your investments go up, if they go down, it's called depreciation, okay? I'm not a... Uh, uh, a guru with investments. If they go down, your investments go down, it depreciates. You know what happens if it goes up? It's a financial term. It appreciates. You know that in Proverbs 31, the Bible talks about this, this, this godly woman and the Bible said that his husband, the husband rises up and praises her and children likewise. They just stand up. Mom, you're awesome! I believe that if we have positive words, it will make our worth appreciate. If you appreciate someone, that means that you're valuing them higher. You ever wonder what all of these kids, it doesn't record all these kids, we don't know their names, what they did for God with that blessing that God gave them when they were young? What will your kids do for God? What will your husband or wife do for God? Because the right words make the worth go up. And then what happens? You see, we begin to act out the way that we think that we are. If God tells us who we are, we'll go out and just be that. One reason that uh, we're having a, a church you know, competition and my daughter invites people to church is because she just sees mom and dad do that. She does it. She doesn't have any training. We don't like tell her, okay, there's one, honey. We don't do that. All she does is go, daddy, I need a card. And so she grabs a card and runs off. And sometimes she comes back and goes, they didn't want it. So she gives me the card back. She goes through things. It's not magic. She just sees mom and dad do it. She does it too. Because we've told her, hey, you can do this. It's not, it's not something like rocket science. It's just being a child of God. So uh, this man said that there was a boy that used to bully me at school. Well, what's, going, what's he doing now? Is he still taking your lunch money? Yeah, years later. He's still taking your lunch money? Yeah, years later, he's still taking it. But he said on the plus side, he makes great Subway sandwiches. You know that that bully that grows up ain't going to be anything special. Bullies use Fear because they're insecure. When I was a young man, uh, there was a boy in high school that uh, I don't, fights are one thing, but if someone's getting beat down, I'm not going to stand by and watch it happen. So I, I just went in there and stopped the fight because this man was getting beat down. It wasn't fair. And I didn't know any of the kids really, but 
there was a guy standing on the side or a couple of big guys, you know. They were standing on the side. I caught him out of the corner of my eye. And later, after school was over, one of the big guys came up to me and said, Hey, something like, did you, did you break up that fight? Was that you? And, you know, kind of that threatening manner. And uh, I, you know, I said yes. And I, you know, figured that this might have been a bad... He was bigger than me, too. He looked like an adult, right? I think I was a 10th grader or something. And I asked him, I said, how old are you? And he said, I believe, 18. I said, oh, okay. I said, so if you hit me, you go to jail. And I just stood there. <laughs> you know what? Thank God. But he didn't hit me. Because he realized, oh... This kid knows the score, but I wasn't going to let him bully me. And I never had a problem with him again. And I was getting ready to get on my bicycle, I think. I must have been a 10th grader, okay, biking to school. But you know what? God showed me many years ago, you know, it's not just your outward that gives you the value. It's your inside that gives you the value. And that Paul, he was shown by Christ who he was. I ran out of time. But if you show someone who they are, was going to get into dealing with the Holy Spirit, right? Because Paul, after he got uh, saved, he wasn't supposed to go anywhere till he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, don't go anywhere. Wait in Jerusalem till you get filled with power from on high. And then you'll be by witnesses. That God that saves you and thinks you're worth something, he said, I'm going to go with you even to the end. I'm going to send you another comforter. I'm going to send somebody with you, the Holy Spirit, so that you're reminded of who you are and they'll speak into your heart who you are in tough situations. Since I'm out of time, let me go back. That uh, The Bible says, he said, but I labored in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. But I labored more abundantly than they all. He began to work for God. It wasn't a legalism thing. It was the grace of God that began to set him on fire for Jesus Christ. And you know, the things that we do will be based upon what we think we're worth. Would you invite a doctor to church? Oh, preacher, <laughs> they live in such a big house. It's not the size of their house that makes them worth something. It's what God says they are. And God loves men and women. And God came and set his son to die for them, to show them just how much he loves them. Would you invite a millionaire, a senator to church, a pro football specialist? I just invited a guy to church and I was like, wow, he was talking about this other church. And I was like, well, you know what? Our church isn't as big, but you know what? I'm not ashamed. I'm still going to talk to him about Jesus Christ. Why God cares about men and women. And when he cares about you and you realize, man, God thinks I'm something special, you won't feel bad about just acting like the child of God that you are. You're special to God. You're loved. And you're of infinite worth to Jesus Christ. Words, worth, and then comes works. But uh, let's close in prayer. God bless you is our prayer. What are you worth? Amen. At this time, Reverend Patterson, would you dismiss us in prayer? God bless you.